you can actually utilize the value story to tell people exactly why they need to work with you. Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning. How's it going, everybody? Love it, love it, love it. Okay, okay. Well, um, it's Friday. We're on the final story because we've gone over. This has been a kind of a long series. I kind of like this series. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I know what to talk about. I don't have to think about it. The material's already made, so we don't have to stress about making new material. So I kind of like having the series. Um, okay, so we have gone over the uh, four stories, and I told you there's five, right? We started out with the personal story. Then we went to the customer story. Then we went to the... Um, what was the third one we did, you guys? What was the third one? I don't remember. It was the, oh, brand story. And then, let me think about it. And then we did the purpose story last week. So today we're going to talk about the value story. And the reason I saved the value story for last is because the value story is kind of a sum of everything we've already done. The value story is the, the final piece of the puzzle that when you can actually learn how to put all of the stories we've, we've talked about together, uh, you can actually utilize the value story to tell people exactly why they need to work with you. And that's the whole reason we're doing this, right? We're doing this because we want people to want to work with us. We want to hit our exact client because they want to work with us. So let's let's go right into this here. There's some sound here. Okay. So when it comes to the um, the value story, we're gonna go like we have been doing for everything. We're gonna talk about the key elements of the value of the value story. Oh wait, it's the next page. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, when the first time I actually got this, I taught the value story first. I'm gonna tell you, it was really hard to teach because like. It's like kind of starting at the top, right? You're you're kind of starting. You're basically actually. I should lie. I'm talking. I'm like actually. This is actually at the bottom. This is like the bottom of the funnel, right? So I tried to start here when I told this the first time, and I was like, yeah, it, it didn't hit right. So that is why we're doing it last, you know, experience. Um, so the value story is really like that final story that demonstrates what you provide to your client. What is it? What is the benefit of it? What's the product? What's the service? Uh, what do you actually provide? Okay, we provide real estate services, right? We know that, but like, I'm sorry, we we should all be able to provide real estate services. That's why we're here. That's why we're in this business. The value story. The value story is really going to communicate what exactly it is that you provide. There's a few elements that it will make up a true value story, and the first is your core values. We kind of talked about your core values a little bit when we talked about the brand story, when we talked about your purpose, right? But really, like your core values, those are the central beliefs behind what actually guides the services that you provide. They're the moral compass. They're the influence to, to what you actually provide. How many of you have in your business, um, how many of you have uh, your core values clearly laid out? What are they, Carrie? One second, let me. 
exit out of here. Two seconds. I knew you were going to ask me that too. <laughs> you raised your hand, girl. I know. I'm like, I knew you were coming to me. Hold on, hold on. I was, I was in a whole different mindset. Let me get to it. Let me get to my core values here. Oh, I know I should have them memorized, but my mind is not, not here today. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll take you, I'll give you a little bit of leeway for a second. I'll share mine real quick. Um, yes. And I really want to hear yours because your core values should be very, very, very clearly laid out. Okay. So our core values are very simple. It's dream. Probably doesn't surprise everybody. Everything in my business is about the dream, the dream method, the dream values. It's the dream, the dream, the dream, right? It makes it super easy. It's kind of catchy. It's like, those are the dream team, whatever. I, mean, I don't want to call myself the dream team. But anyway, so our, our core values are that we are determined, we are respectful, we are enthusiastic, we are advocates and we are mentors. Okay. So determination, respectfulness, uh, enthusiasm, advocacy, and mentorship, right? And every single one of my core values, we have broken down into what it actually means. Okay. And my team will go through these occasionally and I will ask them, what is the antithesis of this? What's the opposite of this? What is not being determined? Help show me how that actually, what, how that, what that actually is. Right. So your core values are something you should know and you should reflect those every day. And everyone that works for you, your, your, your team, everybody, they should know what they are. And the cool thing about core values, especially if you guys have a team, is that if people aren't meeting your core values, you can coach to them. Right. It's really easy to coach to your core values if they're clearly written out very clearly. Like if someone on my, if, if my team is not on board with something we're doing and it is not moving us forward, that is a direct violation of our core values and we can coach to it. Right. So your core values are really important to have. Carrie, what are yours now? Now that you got them. Got them. I got them. So <laughs> mine's mine's kind of like yours. I have um, definitions for all of them. Mine's innovation, uncompromised integrity, accountability, leadership, and value of people. There you go. So when you have all of those, like Carrie said, you got to have them all written out. You got to have the definition of them. Because I, the one thing I hear a lot of people say is their core value is integrity. But integrity means so many different things to so many different people. Integrity is very subjective. To me, integrity is doing what I say I'm going to do when I say I'm going to do it. That's integrity. To other people, I've heard that integrity is always is always being honest. You know, always being like staying true to your word. Like there's so many different definitions of integrity, which is great. And integrity is a great core value to have. But when you have it, make sure you clearly define it. So each of my core values, we have four four statements about what it actually means. And we go, we go through it and we do talk about it regularly. So your story, your value story, when you're working on, on sharing what you share to your clients, you've got to be able to uh, clearly express your core values. Because here's the deal. If your clients aren't in the same value alignment, if they're not in alignment with your values, do you want to work with them? Probably not. And it's really easy to understand who is in alignment with your values and who's not if they're clearly written out. So if you haven't written out your core values and you have not written definitions of them, I would highly, highly, highly recommend you do. The second element to a core value is your client avatar. Now, again, we talked about this in the brand. We talked about this and we talked about the client avatar in pretty much every single story. What we talked about before was breaking it down even more, more granular. So the value story is directly who are those people who embody and exemplify your core values. Every single person on my team represents my core values. 
Every single person. If they don't, they're not on my team. Every client represents my core values. If they don't, I don't work with them. And the cool thing about this also is that I tell my team, you don't have to work with them. You're not required to work with them. If they don't represent our core values, we can turn them down. We can send them on to someone else. Okay. But we want everyone who does, who does exemplify our core values. So you, who, who, who exactly is your core value or your, your avatar? The third element is what obstacles, dilemmas, or in conflicting interests challenge your avatar? Nina, I think last week you asked me for some prompts on how to figure out some things, right? And so here are some prompts for you. This is how you're going to figure out your client avatar. You got to figure out exactly what your core values are. Who are those people? And what, what problems do they have? What are their challenges? Do you guys know in your, in your client avatar, do you know what problems they have? Anybody raising their hand? Nobody's raising their hand. Okay, well, so mine, <laughs> my client, they're they're facing several problems. Mostly, mostly they're it's financial. Mostly financial. Most of them are concerned because they don't want to tie up their cash flow to make a move. That's their biggest financial concern. Their second concern is they got too much other stuff going on that they don't have time to manage the logistics. Giving, like having to think about the logistics of moving is causing them a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. The third problem that they have is that they have to move because they no longer get along in their house because their house is too small and they can't stand running over each other's things all the time and they need more space. Okay, so you have to be very, very clear about what those obstacles and dilemmas are. What are the problems that they're actually solving or that you actually need to solve? Because when you're clear about the challenges, you can be clear about the value that you provide them. I was raising my hand. I just didn't have my video on. So I saw your I saw you come off mute. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So my client avatar are Jeep people and their main problem is they spend too much money on Jeep parts. So they are perfect for down payment assistance programs. They're all renting. And their problem is, is that they need a bigger garage. So, <laughs> so I'm here to help in every single way. <laughs> you guys, and Wendy is like, she works with like ton of Jeep people. I mean, you should see her Jeep. I saw her Jeep in person. I was like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> very, very, very clear. And you guys, you're, 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 there is nothing wrong with being as super specific as you can. The more specific you can be about the problems that your client has. This is like a lot of times when I talk about your client avatar or your niche, I hear people say, oh, I, I'm working with people who are right-sizing. And I'm going to go and I'm going to step on a soapbox for just a minute about why I don't believe you should focus on people who are right-sizing. Okay? People are upsizing or they're downsizing. Problem is, the problem is that each of them have a different concern. Each of them have different, different, different decision-making skills. A person who is downsizing, okay, their problems are that now <laughs> this might be their forever home. This might, they're using, they're going to be using the last of their money. A lot of downsizers want to pay cash for the new house. They want to sell their house, take out all the equity and pay cash. And they want to use all of their equity to buy a cat, buy a house for cash. That's a very different problem than someone who doesn't want to tie up cash flow and doesn't want to negotiate, doesn't want to have to think about the logistics of moving up. People who are moving down, they've lived in the house for 20, 30 plus years. They think about things very slowly. They are likely a high S, likely a high S. They make decisions differently. They communicate differently and they need a different type of service. People who are upsizers are likely a high D. 
They think fast. They want bullet points. They don't, they need a completely different service. Does that make sense? This is why like when people say they write size, I'm like, I don't think you should write, whatever, you can do your own thing. I'm just telling you, my opinion is that people are not right sizers. They are upsizers or they are downsizers because they're two very different things. The people that I provide, the service providers that I have uh, work with my downsizers are different than the service providers I have working with my upsizers. They do business differently. They do their accounting differently. They communicate differently. They're different. So if you're trying to focus on a right-sizer, I think the problem is that you're going to run into a lot of these like issues with like people who, who like if you were, let's say you have, I have a stager, for example. She is definitely a high, uh, a high D, high D. She doesn't complete anything. She, she is a high D. She don't complete anything, nothing. And I actually one time had her work with a very high S client. That was a disaster. Disaster. Total disaster. Okay. She like would say something and she would just like kind of completely forget that she did. I mean, she did a great job in her work, but like the communication was really like way off. The communication stuff was so off. It was a disaster. So I learned like my high D clients work with her. My high S clients work with another one. Right. So, so you're, you're, when you're talking in your message and you're communicating in your content, your message needs to be focused toward one or the other, not both. It's really hard to communicate to an S if you are a D or if your message is going for a D. Make sense? Cap raises hands. Hey, Linnea, sorry I'm driving, so I don't have my uh, camera on. But no I, I really love, I really love what you just said there. The difference between the downsizer and the upsizer. And I've been kind of in my head a little bit about like my messaging. So um, a lot of my friends on Facebook, and that's like my only audience right now because I'm not running like ads, but my friends on Facebook, it's like typically like my friends' parents. And so a lot of my, a lot of my like natural sales come from first time home buyers and downsizers. Mm-hmm. I would love to work with like basically your ideal client is the upsizers because now eight years into my business, like now my first time buyers are the upsizers. And then I'm also an upsizer. Um, so I feel like I really fit into that demographic. Also a high D, high I. So I, I feel like I really uh, relate with that target. Should I like alienate the, the downsizers and just make all of my messaging like to upsizers when I'm doing like the Facebook videos and for ads? My opinion is... Uh... I don't like to use the word alienate, but yes, you should focus your messaging on one one client, one avatar. Okay. Yeah. And it's because like, here's the deal. Like you don't, you can't be uh, everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. You can't be. And in this market right now, what I, you know, what I know, you know, and I want to, I want to take, take this, like you guys, I've been in the business for five years. Okay. My shift that I deal that I dealt with, I was in the lending industry in 2008. So I dealt with the downshift of the market. That was a horrible time to be in the lending industry. And I dropped out of the industry. I was like, uh-uh, I don't want to do this. Okay. So I want you to understand that, that I'm saying this with understanding that my experience in this industry is within the last five years. Okay. However, I have been through multiple economic shifts as a human being, and I have, and I'm very observant to what goes on around me, and I'm very observant to how markets react to different shifts. Okay, so I want that to be said. What I'm going to tell you about what I know from my my observation and my experience in life is that this market is going to be for those people who are who are specialists. 
You have to be a specialist. You cannot be a generalist in this market. And my mom was in my mom. She, I probably know this. My mom has been in the business for 30, 30 plus years in real estate. She was in uh, lending and escrow for the 15 years prior to that. So she, I grew up around this industry. Okay. My mom said that in 2008, when the, when the market crash happened, she had to immediately become a short sale specialist. That's all she did for five years of short sales. That's all she did. She made a ton of money doing it. That's all she did. And it was that fear of like, oh my gosh, what about these people? What about these people? What about these people? That's a fear, right? But when you niche down and you specialize in one thing, you're going to serve a lot more people in a much more efficient and a much better capacity. Like your neurosurgeons, your brain surgeons, they don't do heart surgery, nor do I want them to touch my heart. <laughs> I want my brain surgeon to touch my brain and my heart surgeon to touch my heart, right? And I want my general position to tell me a general idea of what might generally be, what could possibly generally be wrong with me. Make sense? So I think that like not like, like really, really um, niching down in your content and in your message is going to take you a lot farther in this market. Okay, let's move to the next value is, we just talked about this a little bit, decision-making skills, right? So your part of your value story, part of the what you're going to communicate to people is how you make decisions, okay? But also how you want people to make decisions. So we just talked about this in the upsider versus downsider thing. Their decision-making capacities are very different. The, and, and as we grow and as we age, our decision-making um, style becomes, changes. It evolves. Right. When I was in my 20s, I was a lot more of a risk taker. I was a lot more of a let's just do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. I don't care. No, don't think about it. I still am a high risk taker. I'm just a little bit more of a, of a logical high risk maker. I think a little bit more analytical high risk make, high risk taker. Make sense? So as you age, you know, your decision making skills change. You evolve. So you need to understand in part of your client avatar and part of the value, you need to understand that target demographic of, of market that you serve. It's okay to have an age group that you serve. 100% okay. And Cap, to your point, you know, you're, you know, first-time buyers are something that a lot of people start working with you when you first get into the business. And I think, A, because it's a lot, it's a lot easier. It's, a, it's easy to specialize in first-time buyers. Right. It's easy when you're first starting because if you don't have a ton of business, you want to take that extra time. Right. First time buyers take a lot more time than a person who's selling and buying at the same time. First time buyers need a lot more education, a lot of a different style of education. So, so your decision making skills, oh, how, how you navigate challenges is going to be really important in communicating your value story. Okay. And then the final element of a value story is the impact. What impact does your do your actions and your decisions make? What happens when you what happens when you are staying true to the values that you have? I'm going to show you a few examples of a value story. I'm going to show you um, I'm going to show you on, on my Facebook page. I went search mission. Okay? I went search all my value stories. Um, we actually categorize all of our values. I every every piece of content we put out, I have a category to it in my content planner, so I know which ones they are. But I'm going to show you kind of like the story, the evolution of value story over the years. And for, but before I do that, is there any questions or any thoughts on any of this that I need to address? Good? Cool. All right. Okay, good. Okay, so um, moving on to a couple of... This is like... Here's some examples of a value story. Okay? Here's the value. Okay? Here's my mission. 
Here's how I'm going to accomplish it. Here's my value. Mentorship, advocacy, enthusiasm, more advocacy, education. There's my values. It's a pretty easy way to tell a story, right? You're learning a lot. You're learning a lot about not only me, but about my mission, right? You learn a lot about my attitude, a lot about my decision-making skills. That's a really good example of a value story. Here's one that I posted a long time ago. And I was before I was really into, this is like one of the very, like back in 2021, this is before I was actually really into um, um, uh, storytelling. I didn't really know much about it. Didn't really know much about it. And I'm looking, it's actually really interesting. I'm going back and like, oh, interesting. See, 2021, my mission is to leave a lasting positive impact on the lives of others. I'm passionate about helping and insp- about inspiring and helping people achieve their goals. And I specialize in turning dreams into reality. That is a, still a tried and true mission for me. It's back in 2021 that I wrote that before I was even really into this kind of thing. And I was with a totally different broker at the time. Um, Another example, this is like a very clear example of actually how to tell your values to your audience. Here you go. Look at this. Let's look at this post. Here's, here's our core values. Here's a little bit about our values, what they mean to us, how they drive us. Here's, our, here's the heart of our values. But here's our actual core values laid out for you. Determination. We are relentless in the pursuit of excellence. Respect. We foster an inclusive environment where everyone feels valued. We are creative, innovative, and eager. We fight tooth and nail for our clients and work tirelessly to help them achieve their goals. Uh, We build strong relationships based on trust and mutual respect. So very, very clear, like in your face, here's our values. These are the values, right? And the the way a story is going to work when you start with something like this is that you're going to have to go back into what you're actually doing for them. So here's the values. Here's the, here's an example of, um, how, how it plays in a video. Did I share down one second here? I did, okay. You wanna know exactly what's gonna happen when you put your house on the market? That is exactly why step two of my dream method process is all about refining your journey. This is where we take a look at what exactly needs to be done to your home. We give you multiple options. In fact, we'll give you three different options of preparation to choose from. We are going to break it down for you by how much it's actually gonna cost you. And then we'll tell you what we think we could actually list your home for depending on which package you choose. Some of these options will include decluttering, deep. So are some of the value, are some of the things, the elements being met, right? Decision-making, impact, challenges, avatar. They're there, right? That's a value story. Personalizing, deep cleaning, professional staging, uh, home. And the thing is, you guys, all of you probably do this exact same thing for your clients, right? It's just how do you communicate the message? How do you communicate? Repairs, uh, maybe some renovations. Either way, we are going to make sure that your home is in top condition because in order for you to get the most money for your sale, your house needs to be seen as the best buy on the block. On top of all that, we are going to make sure that you are organized. You need details. You need a timeline. So speaking directly to my client, this is exactly who you are. You need this. And the people that the people that actually need this, they're the ones who are going to reach out to me. You need deadlines and we will make sure that you get all of that as well.
Listen, during the refine stage, we are going to make sure that you are educated on all the benefits of doing any of the preparation work that we recommend. There also might be risks if you don't do it, such as those that could come up in escrow and discovered by a buyer's inspection. The refine stage is all about making sure that we prevent any of these risks for you. If you want to know more about our dream method, go to the dreammethod.com and download your guide today. There's a question. Do you share this during a presentation? No. I mean, they, I don't, I don't have, I can go into my listening presentation process later if you guys want. I don't do listening presentations. I haven't had a listening presentation in two years. I have listening conversations. And now that I have a dream method, it's like such an easy, I mean, I go, I go in, I'm, I'm there for 20 minutes. And I'm like, cool, here we go. It's easy. I'm literally going in to figure out what I need to do for them, what their options are going to be. It's like, it's easy. So I don't share this during a presentation. This is just, this is content. This is literally for, for a lead magnet. So the day after, because I always like to pull insights from the day after. So, you know, the thing I want to remind you guys is there's no money behind this. This is all organic. Okay. And um, um, are you, Lenore, are you asking about the presentation? No, the, pre the presentation is, this is just literally content that I teach. Yeah. I thought, sorry, I thought you were asking about the video. <laughs> um, um, so anyway, so this is the day after, okay? One day posting, this was 14 engagements, which isn't bad for one day. And remember, I only have, I don't have, I'm not sitting here boasting millions and hundreds and tens of thousands of followers. I'm boasting 1,600 followers. So, and one, and basically the stat is that Kylie Jenner, you guys know that Kylie Jenner, and it was Brandon, love Brandon, Brandon shared this with me. You guys know Kylie Jenner has one of the most followed Instagram accounts in the world, Okay. She has like over three, like 300 million or something. Her number of followers is insane. I don't even know the actual number, but it's insane. But what I can tell you is that a good amount of followers, a good amount of engagement is uh, 1%. Kylie Jenner, who has the one of the most followed uh, sites in the world, has less than 1% engagement on all of her, on all of her um, posts. So I want to remind you that like getting an engagement like, remember that it doesn't matter how many followers you have, as long as your content is rich and it's valuable, you're going to get the right people. And if you do it right, which is what I'm hoping, 395 million. See, thanks, Ryan. Ryan, look that up. 395 million. She has less than 1% uh, engagement on all of her posts, less than one. In some, some cases, it's like less than half a percent. So just want to remind you that it doesn't matter how many followers you have. 1% is like a target number. And I'm like, great, I get that every time. I'm fine. I want more followers, of course. I want to grow and, and reach more people for more value. But it's not the number one priority. All right. That's the value story. Thoughts? Questions? Wendy's phone is going off over there. I can hear it. Yeah, I accidentally have 16,000 leads going into follow-up in KB Core. <laughs> oh, I can hear a little Wendy's phone buzz, buzz. I'm crashing the system this morning. And they're just... That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's the deal. We've gone and we've talked about these, these stories. But now how do you actually write them? Is anyone wondering that? How do you actually write a story? How do you start? 
That's the age old question. And when you can figure out how to tell a story, like I've told you what the story is, but next week, what I'll do is I'll go into a little bit of the how. How do you actually tell the story? How do you start? Because re the reality is that a good story is not just one category. Not just one. A good story is a combination of all of them. A good story, a powerful story, an impactful story is one that kind of that combines all of them. It combines snippets of your brand, your mission, your personal, your personal, your purpose and your value. That's good story. And Jackie just posted, you started by asking ChatGPT. I'm going to disagree with that. I'm going to disagree with that. I think the problem is if you use ChatGPT to try to, try to tell your personal story, then I hit wrong. However, there are definitely some, there are definitely um, some, we're going to talk about that next week, Jackie. We're going to talk about where do you start? How do you do it? We'll talk about right. that. Next week. That's why I said, where do you start for personal? What, what? You know, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. as a child, what, where? <laughs> yep, we'll talk about that all next week. You got to come next week. <laughs> so you guys, I hope this has been really valuable. I hope you've learned a lot over the last five weeks. I hope that like giving you some some ways to think about your content has been has been helpful. Um, I know that I personally like seeing it because I see who's on these calls and I'm like, I'm looking at your content and I like seeing it. Um, it makes me want to read it, right? Like I, a lot of times I don't want to read everyone's posts because I'm like, okay, you know, I, it, they're not told, it's not a, the story is not really told very well, right? And I like reading the stories. Like think about it, think about it. When you scroll social today and you're looking and you're looking at someone's post, what do you want to read? And what do you skip over? Okay, I'm going to tell you, first of all, I skip over things with way too many emojis. Way too many emojis. The other day I saw someone post and they had like five emojis in every single line. And I was like, okay, I'm literally not going to read this story. I'm not reading this story. So way too many emojis is the first thing I don't want to read. The second thing I don't want to read is I don't want to read a long paragraph. I want I want it to be broken up. I like to have a break. So you got to have a break, right? So there's ways to tell a story that, that are going to be, that are going to hit and be more effective than other ways. So... Next week, Jackie will get your wish and I will show you where to start. We'll go into a whole, uh, we'll go to the whole half an hour. So go, come and be prepared and be prepared to do a little bit of work. Um, we'll actually talk about how to tell a story because the what is great, right? But now we got to get into the how. So that's what we'll do. All right. Thank you all. It was great to see you for the last five weeks and I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have Thanks, Samia. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.